Alhamdulillah Hamdan kathiran Tayyiban mubarakan Fih Kama yuhibbu rabbuna wa yarda Ashadu an la ilaha illallahu Wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna muhammadan Abduhu wa rasuluh Al-Nasihu al-Amin Allahumma salli ala nabiyina Muhammad وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah There are many lessons that can be extracted from the Hajj Many lessons that could be extracted from the Hajj that will benefit us in our day-to-day lives, that will enrich our lives. Looking back historically, we see that many of the rituals of the Hajj, many of the rites of the Hajj, then they stem from Ibrahim and his family. And by knowing our history, this will empower us and this will aid us in our present life. And in knowing the benefit and knowing the legacy that was left behind by our mother, Hajar, then this would give us a better perspective of the role and the importance of the women and how vital that they truly are. The Fadil to Shaykh, Shaykh Muhammad Sa'id Raslan, Hidullah Ta'ala, he mentions, Lemma Dehaba Ibrahim, Walehi Salatu was Salam, Bihajara, Wabibniha Ismail, Ila Mecca. That once Ibrahim, Alehi Salatu was Salam, he took his wife, Hajar, and their son, Ismail, to Mecca. وهي في ذلك الوقت ليست ليس فيها سكن ولا مسكن ولا ماء ولا زرع ولا غيره. And at that time, there was not inside of Mecca any dwellings, any occupants. There was no water. There was no vegetation or anything else at this time. وَزَوَّدَهُمَا بِسِقَاءٍ فِيهِ مَاءٍ وَجِرَابٍ فِيهِ تَمْرٍ وَوَضَعَهُمَا عِنْدَ دَوْحَةٍ قَرِيبًا مِنْ مَحِلٍ بِالْبِئْرِ زَمْزًا ثُمَّ قَفَّا عَنْهُمَا So he left them, he gave them as provisions to the best of his ability, that which he had, which was a watering skin. They had a satchel wherein there were dates. And he left them near a tree that was close to the area where the Zemzem will soon spring up from. And then he left them, ta'ala, and he made dua unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala faqal, رَبَّنَا إِنِّي أَسْكَنْتُ مِنْ ذُرِّيَّةِ بِوَادٍ غَيْرِ ذِي الزَّرْعِ O Allah, 
O my Lord, I have placed my offspring in a valley in which there is no vegetation there. عند بيتك المحرم near your sacred house so that they may establish the prayer. And in that is something that is tremendous. Because he left them with what he was able to leave them from provisions. And as any individual knows, there is none of us who can leave behind for our families that which will suffice them as far as provisions for the rest of their lives. But we do our best. So Ibrahim he did his best. He left them with some water, he left them with some dates, he did his best to leave them with provisions. But ultimately, the best thing that he can possibly do for them, like the best thing each and every one of us can possibly do for our families, is to beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is to make dua for them, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes care of them after we have gone, to make dua for them, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes care of them. So he said, I have left them near your sacred house so that they may establish the salah. Because this is the essence of what it is about. It is not about leaving behind that which will suffice our families from any financial needs, but at the same time are neglectful of their spiritual needs, are neglectful of the needs of their deen, so on and so forth. But his main concern was what? So that they could establish the salah. So out of all of the places that they could have been left, they were left here near your sacred house so they may establish the salah, so that they may establish the prayer. And this is a tremendous benefit. So make the hearts of the people inclined towards them. And provide for them from fruits. Provide for them from fruits. So that they may show thanks. So that they may be grateful. After making dua for them, then Ibrahim والسلام, he went about his journey and continued his journey. Because he was leaving them there under the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by the command of Allah Azza wa Jal. And when any of us looks now in hindsight at the benefit in leaving them there in that particular place, that specific place, then we understand how important this was and how vital this situation was and how leaving them there was a must. And then she became subdued or she submitted herself to the command of Allah. She, committed her, she submitted herself to the command of Allah. Now this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed. That her and her child will be left here in this place. In this valley in which there is no vegetation. There are no human beings. There are no dwellings. There, 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 there is no water. So on and so forth. She submitted to that fact. That this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded. And in that then there is a tremendous benefit for those who reflect. So she began and she ate from the dates in which she had with her. And she had drinking from the water in which she had in her possession until they were gone, until she depleted her provisions, until they were gone. So she became thirsty. 
and then her child became thirsty. So then he began to squirm. Ismail he began to squirm because he, be, he, be, he became thirsty. So he became restless due to his thirst. And due to her concern, being a parent, being a mother. So then at that time, when she saw the situation in which her child was in, having a concern for her child, even more than herself. Because it wasn't until her child became restless. It wasn't until her child became thirsty. This was the motivating factor that got her to get up and to look to see if she can see someone. If she can find someone who can render to them assistance, so on and so forth. So she climbed the nearest mountain into her. And that was Afsafa. And then she looked. To see from a higher vantage point if she can see anyone, any caravan, anyone in the far distance, anyone who can aid in them, some type of assistance. And when she didn't see anyone, then she came down. And then she went to Marwa, the next mountain, and she climbed it. And to look to see from that vantage point, could she find anyone? Could does she see anyone who can lend them some type of assistance? Maybe a caravan, maybe they had some water, so on and so forth. But she didn't see anyone. And then she began to go back and forth at that particular time. We're here. Makrubatun. Mutarratun. Mustaghithatun. Naam, mustaghithatun. Billah subhanahu wa ta'ala laha. So she, in that time, I want you to reflect now. At that time, she's climbed these mountains a number of times. Looking in the far distance, not seeing anyone, understanding the situation, there was nothing there to help her. She was in a state of distress. She was in a state where she was begging and pleading Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She was in a state where she was seeking help with Allah in times of peril. For her and for her son. And she went back and forth. And when she completed seven times of going back and forth, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent an angel. And she heard the angel. And then that angel hit the ground. And then there sprung up zamza, of which she could drink from, partake from. So she went to the area where the Zamzam was springing up from and she drank from it. And she gave her child to drink from it. In this situation, and I want you to reflect upon this and the benefit that we take from it, there are many benefits, but from the benefits that we take from this is Al-Faraj Ma'al Karb That relief will come with distress. Wal-Usru Yatba'ahu and that difficulty is followed with ease. That difficulty is followed with ease. It is incumbent that we understand that when we reach states of difficulty, when we reach states of distress where it seems as if there is no way out, know that there is always a way out. 
وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا And whoever fears Allah, Allah will make for them a way out. وَيَرُزُقُهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبْ And he will provide for them from ways in which they did not imagine. So when we reach these levels of distress and in a situation that is similar to this situation, then our only, our only way out, our only way out, even before we reach this point, our only way out in reality is to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is to turn to Allah azza wa jal. In that lies all success. And for those who fear Allah, he will provide for you a way out and he will provide for you from ways in which you did not even imagine. As Hajar alayhi salam, she did not even imagine that out of all of the things that will come to help her will be an angel. Out of all of the places that she will drink water from will be the well of Zamzam. That prior to that point was not gushing forward. That out of all of the places in which she will come to inhabit will be the place Mecca. Ya ibad, let us learn from the strength. Let us learn from the strength of our mother. Let us benefit from her example. Let us utilize this lesson in our lives when we find ourselves in situations that are distressful, but situations that did not reach the level of distress of her situation. When she put her trust in Allah, she found a way out. So of course, with our situations that don't even reach the same extent, if we put our trust in Allah, we will find a way out. And if we are in situations that are even more distressful, if we put our trust in Allah, we'll find a way out. The answer lies in putting our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because in that is when we will find our ways out. هذا أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولجميع المسلمين فاستغفروا فإنه هو الغفور الرحيم بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وبعد يا عباد الله when we look back to the annals of history there are so many benefits that we learn from the believing women so many lessons that we learn from the believing women. Anyone who believes that they can't learn something from a woman is a person who is foolish, a person who has illustrated their extreme ignorance, to say the least. We have to reflect and we should reflect back on the annals of history, the history of the believers from this standpoint to gain lessons, to gain admonitions and so on and so forth so we may benefit from these, from these lessons. We have to take advantage of our time. We have to learn from the past, but also take advantage of our present, bithnilahi ta'ala, so as to move towards a better future, bithnilahi ta'ala. And from that in which we have to take advantage of is our time in general, but especially when the times are times that are auspicious, times of benefits, times of great blessing, so on and so forth, we have to take advantage. And we are currently doing the best days of the year. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said in a hadith akhrajuhu al-bazzaq min hadith Jabir radiyallahu ta'ala anhu qala nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam afdalu afdalu ayyam al-dunya ayyam al-ashar that the best days of the dunya the best days of the world are the ten days the ten days that we are currently in right now these are the best days of the, the dunya 
So we have to take advantage. These are the best days of the year. The days we're in right now, the best days of the year, hands down. From the hadith of Ibn Abbas, radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, ma min ayyam al-amil salih fiha ahabbu ilallah, ahabbu ilallah ta'ala min hadihi al-ayyam al-ashar. That there are no days that the righteous good deeds done inside of those days are more beloved to Allah, the Most High, than these ten days. Than these ten days. The ulama, they explain from them, Ibn Rajab and others, the ulama, they explain that what is meant here by al-amal al-salih, then it means all righteousness, all good deeds, everything that is a righteous good deed. That they are multiplied, the reward is multiplied in these days. Multiplied in these days more than other days. So this is a time that we should be striving to do all types of righteous good deeds from making dhikr unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That dhikr that some of us unfortunately believe is only reserved to the Eid, the Eid al-Adha. We should be making even now. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Walillah alhamd. The Sahaba, they used to go to the souq, they would go to the marketplace during these 10 days. And they would make this dua in the marketplace as, so as to remind the people to take advantage and to not become overwhelmed by commerce. Not become overwhelmed by buying and selling. Not become overwhelmed by the affairs of the dunya. But to remember to benefit. So they will go there just to remind the people that you should be making this dua right now. And then remind them, increase in doing righteous good deeds. So all righteous good deeds from being good to one's family, being good to one's parents, keeping the ties of kith and kin, giving sadaqah, spending upon the poor, fasting, making more voluntary prayers, so on and so forth. This is the time to do it. Why? Because the reward is multiplied. The reward is multiplied, even more so than outside of these 10 days. So it only makes good sense that we take advantage of this opportunity. It only makes good sense that we take advantage of this opportunity. When you have a sale, 50% off, 70% off, buy one, get one free, so on and so forth, people rush to stores. They will stand in line. Why? Because now, for the same amount of money that I will get one, today I get two. This is from the affairs of the dunya. So people will lose sleep and they will stand in the line all night if they have to camp out in the line, all, all type of stuff like this. But now that we're in a situation that we can have our good deeds multiplied where what we're going to get in return is better than any electronic product, is better than anything, uh, buy one, get one free, two for whatever. It's better than all of that. It's what we will get in return. We are looking for the Jannah. We are looking for the bliss that lasts forever. We are looking for the ultimate reward that we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He is pleased with us. So does, doesn't it make sense that we would strive even harder than how those people stand in line, that we will strive even harder because what we're looking to get is of more value. What we're looking to get is priceless. It's priceless. You can't buy it. But you can use your money toward it by spending upon the poor, feeding the hungry, giving clothes to those who don't have clothes, so on and so forth. Ya ibadullah, we have to take advantage of the likes of these times because if we do not take advantage of our life, 
then we will have no one to blame except for ourselves when we reach the hereafter and realize that we have not put anything forward towards our real life.